Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of the Hot Takes from the Berg podcast. I'm, of course, your host, Jason Michener, joining alongside Ian Hatcher. NFL back again today. Um, the NBA just started up two nights ago, uh, just got out our power rankings, but getting back into the NFL swing of things with uh, week seven right ahead of us. Season is absolutely flying by i don't know how you exactly feel about it jason but that's how i feel i I mean it is crazy to think that we are just two weeks away from the trade deadline i I thought like i was going crazy when i was just you know scrolling through my phone as i usually do looking through sports and i started to see all these nfl trade rumors and you know it's not too unusual but the amount that i was seeing was crazy and then i realized it's just two weeks to the deadline and it kind of blew my mind. I mean, this season is absolutely flying by. The extra week at the end of it will be nice. And I'm sure by the time we get to it, we'll be much needed. But, um, yeah, no, it's definitely flying by right before our eyes. Um, you, you can't miss it. This is really where things are going to start to heat up. And especially, like I said, with the trade lo- deadline being so close, that's really the mid-season kind of a mark uh, in my estimation because that's the last – you know, time that you have to bolster, add, or do anything to your team, um, really with, you know, the high-level kind of impact players, um, potentially. So uh, that will signal a huge, you know, point in the season. And it'll be interesting to see by that point, you know, where everybody's intentions are, what are teams doing, which teams are uh, buyers, who's sellers, and, you know, things like that. And with all of that, um, hopping into – uh hopping into our lock-ins for the week um first one i have i have the green bay packers over the washington football team um this washington defense has really confused me um the offense doesn't look terrible but it's just i don't know what happened to the defense of last year and Green Bay has just been on a roll. Aaron Rodgers looking really good. The the duo in the backfield of Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon is just getting better and better. It's like this this team is looking really difficult to stop. Yeah, I, I have this game as a lock as a lock as well for the Packers. Um, uh, for similar reasons as you, I mean, the, yes, um, the offense did you know show a little bit last week, but to me, I don't think it was nearly enough. Um, I think we have to kind of keep in mind that it was that that was a Chiefs defense that, you know, I had talked about last week. I thought, you know, I thought it was kind of a toss up of a game because, like I said, it was a good opportunity potentially for the I didn't we didn't think that they would win, but it was a good opportunity for that offense to kind of get on board and kind of have a big game and have things go their way against a defense that was playing so terribly. And when that didn't really materialize. I don't know. And it was another bad week for the defense. Obviously, I mean, it's always going to be a bad week when you're playing the Chiefs, but that doesn't help anybody's confidence on that side of the ball. It just really feels like neither one of the sides of the football for the Washington football team have been able to get to the level that we all kind of thought that they would be able to. I still think there's the opportunity for it to happen, but this is just a terrible matchup this week. I mean, you couldn't hope for any other 
well, you would hope for any other team than the Packers to try and build some momentum or, or things like that. And I mean, just the Chiefs and the Packers in back-to-back week, weeks. I mean, this is this was a trap, no matter whether the Washington football team was playing their best football or their worst football. Yeah, it's been really disappointing for me. I had really high expectations for this team coming into the season um, and hopefully win the division, but they've just really started to slide more and more down on on the power rankings and this it's looking like the the weapons that were added over the offseason just aren't living up to expectations yeah okay well i will have to say uh, maybe you know a little bit it was the huge unfortunate injury to fitzpatrick then in addition to that curtis samuel was already projected to miss time i'm not sure how fair of an of a evaluation we could give him you know with just a couple of weeks under his belt and playing with a quarterback he likely didn't even expect to have to play with this season. So I do think it's a little bit too early. And I definitely still in the case of Curtis Samuel believe he can be a great playmaker for you guys. Um, I really like all the young playmakers for this Washington team. Um, I just like to see them get the ball consistently and really have some breakout performances from some of those, from some of those guys. Yeah. I'm, I'm hoping next year will be the, the true big year for Washington, but it's, it's looking like this year's going to be a wash. I'll take you to one of my locks for the week. And it's this Thursday night game that we're going to have tonight. I'm taking, I'm rolling with the Broncos over the Browns in this one. Um, This one sounds like I might be a little bit crazy, but you have to understand the situations that's, that's going into this, you know, short week game. I mean, with the Browns will be without Baker Mayfield, possibly for an extended period of time. Um, it really, it seems like he's going to play through it at a certain point. He's definitely not going to be good to go this Thursday, but it definitely a situation to monitor. I don't know. You know, I always talked about Baker being the thing that kind of holds them back, but I, I still don't know what they could accomplish without Baker. So that's something that, you know, we'll have to evaluate if it comes to that. Um, but this Thursday night game will be a good show. And like I said, I'm not that confident in the team without that. To boot, they're also without Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb. So that two-headed rushing monster is not going to be on the Brown side. Neither is their quarterback. I don't like any of that. I mean, the defense is star-studded. I mean, we've talked about it all season long. It could keep things interesting for a while. Uh, but with most of their offense just simply not taking the field on this Thursday night, I feel like the Broncos are a really safe bet here. I, I have this in the toss-up um, because the Broncos, since the those first three games, they haven't really looked like that great of a team. I mean, going into yeah. Las Vegas la- or having Las Vegas come to them last week with the whole situation, um, their special teams coach stepping in for John Gruden, uh, Teddy B, I mean, uh, Derek Carr having not a great game last week, comes into Denver – Throws for almost 350 yards. Henry Ruggs has one of his best games of his career. Uh, it's just crazy. Uh, yeah. This was an easy, easy win for Denver, and it was just dumb mistakes by Teddy Bridgewater. And this Raiders team, even with Cleveland's injuries, I don't think they're on the level of Cleveland. So Bridgewater's going to have a lot more pressure under him. And one or two of those mistakes and. And if Cleveland's on close to the goal line, yes, they don't have their their star running backs, but um, 
trying to think of who their running back Dearness is. Johnson. Yes. Yeah. Uh, he's not terrible. He he can be a, a bit of a power runner, and I I can see him forcing uh Denver to really collapse on him. I I know Case Keenum is the quarterback, but <laughs> he has shown up in big moments before. That is true. It's not, not like this is a total wild card, some, you know, rookie, undrafted rookie or anything that's coming in. It is Case Keenum. This is a quarterback who has had success in this league before. And Dearness Johnson is a guy who's very young in this league, but still even going dating back to last year at a game where he stepped in. I can't remember it was early in the season. I want to say he had almost 100 yards. I mean, played really, really well if I can remember correctly. I don't know the exact statistics, but no. Um, there's, I mean, so it's not like, you know, this is a terrible no-name team. I mean, there are players on this team that have had success in the NFL. And, and even, you know, in the case of Case Keenum, has had really deep regular season success. So, I mean, it's not like they're a complete wash. I just think with a short week implementing those guys down all of these guys, I don't know. I I, I agree with you. I do think the defense is going to be the key for the this um, Browns team if they want to have a chance to win. The defense is really going to have to show up, force that Broncos team into some turnovers. But overall, on a short week without your quarterback and your two-star running backs, I think that's just a bit too much. Um, I, I think it's definitely a safer bet, for, in my opinion, to just roll with the Broncos. I definitely do see where you're coming from with that. It's just the whole situation that happened last week in Denver. It's like that was an easy win for them Mm -hmm. and they just completely blew it. So that's, I'm, I'm really worried about Denver now. No, I mean, I think you're playing it better based off of their recent performances. Like you said, I mean, ever since after those first three weeks, they have not looked like the same team since. Um, And this could definitely burn me as a result, but, like I said, this is m- much more to do, in my opinion, with the Browns than it does with the Broncos. I think they have a good chance to get back on track here. But I can absolutely see, based off a of recent performance, why you have this as a toss-up. Um, now, for my next lock-in, um, this one might burn me in the end um, because of how well this team has been playing. Uh, but I do have the Ravens uh, beating the Cincinnati Bengals this week. Uh like I said, it could come back to bite me. Uh, Joe Burrow has been looking really, really good. Uh, Joe Mixon looking like a top seven, top eight running back in the league right now. I mean, hell, he could be top five with uh, Nick Chubb going down right now. Jamar Chase is having a phenomenal rookie season. Yeah. I mean, he didn't have a touchdown last week, but that Packers game, 160 yards and a touchdown, he has been out of this world for a rookie and really proving all the doubters wrong with his um his slip-ups in the preseason i mean he has just been wow he is definitely the leader for the rookie of the year uh and mike in my uh, opinion right now considering the quarterbacks haven't been uh stellar to say the least Agreed. Agreed. And first, and another thing I want to say about Jamar Chase, I, the thing that has made him his numbers so gaudy on the season is for one, he's been so consistent on your everyday kind of a route. You're, you know, seven to, you know, 15 yard gain. He gobbles in all of those and it's so routine for him. And every single week, it seems like 
he's going to break one over the top. So when you factor in, you know, seven of the, of these, you know, easy routes that are just going to make him easy, you know, reception yards. And then you factor in the fact that he's going to get one over, at least it seems like over what he's done over the course this season, 40 or 50 yards almost. I mean, he's going to, he just continually produces huge weeks. It is obvious that Joe Burrow and him have a great connection and it doesn't look like it's lost anything since college. And that is definitely a great sign. And I think already, you know, there was a lot of questions about what they should do with that, with that pick. You and me were definitely on the side of offensive line help. Now we, I definitely agree. It is always a smarter move to invest in the trenches, in my opinion, but sometimes there's a situation so unique and I'm willing to admit I was personally wrong. The chemistry that they already are showing has already resulted in wins for this team. And I can't say whether just a couple extra seconds in the pocket would have, you know, resulted in this many wins this fast for the, for the Bengals. So, I mean, I'm willing to admit that I was wrong, but this game, I have it listed as an upset alert, not because I think that the Bengals will win, but because I think it's time that I finally give them some, some credit. I have week in and week out, I have, you know, routinely still picked against this Bengals team and they have a tough matchup here, but I have been so impressed that now I have to say, I've I've prefaced this upset alert. I don't think the Bengals will win, but I think they have enough of a chance that you have to consider it. I'm not going to lock in this Ravens team. And I don't even really want to say that it's a toss up really, just because I think there's a pretty good chance that the Bengals could upset here. I don't predict it, but I think there's a good enough chance. And that's why it's some weird reasoning, but that's why I have this as an upset. I don't think I would not be surprised if the Bengals were able to pull this out, but you know, I gave them some love. I have to continue to give Lamar some love. I mean, he has looked phenomenal as a passer this year. They just got back Rashad Bateman last week. Um, It didn't have the biggest game, obviously, you know, it's his first, you know, game back off of injury, off of the IR, first NFL action. You weren't really expecting him to have a huge game, but I am still going to be watching him. I want to see how that rapport can build. I want Lamar to have a nice chemistry with his wide receivers because Hollywood Brown, he's been hitting him all season long. And I will tell you, Hollywood Brown has probably dropped five touchdowns over the course of this season. And Lamar's numbers could look really insane if he had just hold, held on to those. So if he can get some consistent receiver play, he could really be having one of the better passing seasons in all of the NFL this year. And it sounds crazy, but I'm telling you, like these Hollywood Brown drops are not like five-yard touchdowns. They're like 60-yard bombs. And he just has dropped more than a few of them this season. So that could change his numbers by a long shot. But overall, I've really liked what he's done. He's also shouldering the load as one of their primary rushers. The defense has played really well. Have to give a shout out to Odafe Owe, the guy who, you know, everyone was saying, oh, he can't be a first round draft pick. He has no sacks. Didn't take him any, no time. I mean, got a sack week one. Already has, I think, four sacks on the young season. Has really, really, really played well. You know, that athleticism really pops off to you when you, you turn on the tape and you watch a Ravens game. You see this guy flying off the edge and it's always Odafe Owe. I mean, the guy is a freak. He's a beast. He's been playing really well. It's really minimized the loss of Judon for this team. But ultimately, I expect the Ravens to pull this one out. But it's going to be close. And I would not be surprised if the Bengals win. I, I'm just worried about this this Ravens team because besides last week, 
they've really been playing down to their competition. I mean, yes, they had a really good week against uh, the Chargers, uh, completely shut down Justin Herbert, but, I mean, barely beat the Colts. The Broncos. I do have one theory to this. Can you hear me out for this one? Go ahead. The Ravens were, over the last couple of years, I, I would argue probably right there with the Titans as the best rushing teams teams in all of football. And for that reason, anytime the Ravens got a lead, they would just absolutely ice you. You wouldn't touch the ball because they would just run the ball from wherever they start with the ball all the way to the end zone. They just would not stop until they hit their head on the goalpost. I mean, that's what they would do. And so with all these decimated injuries to this running core, I mean, they don't have that same opportunity and they don't, I can tell you, they need to run the ball for success, but they do not want Lamar Jackson to get hit 20 times a game. They don't want to run him as a running back. They want him to pick up yards and make, you know, second and fours or third and ones, but they don't want him to get hit a hundred to 200 times this season. That is not in the plans for this team. So I, I think, you know, with all those injuries to the rushing core, they don't have the same ability to really ice a team. So even mediocre teams have a chance to kind of claw back in when, like I said, the Lamar's been passing well, but the receiving core hasn't really been helping him out other than Mark Andrews that really this season. I, I definitely see that, but like it, it is still very worrying. Um, it definitely Absolutely. reminds me of that, that Steelers team from last year. Um, mm. Definitely a, be- a much better quarterback, but like it's that kind of feeling. No, I see exactly what you're saying, and I can absolutely. It, it's not. It doesn't give you the most confidence when you see a team that you think is really good just kind of slide by, especially teams that they should be beating. I, I can agree with that. Um, but here and a very easy lock in. Uh, the Rams over the Lions. Uh, Matt Stafford finally gets his revenge. Uh, this is going to be a great game to watch. I wish it was in Detroit, but uh, still it being in Los Angeles, Matt Stafford's going to have a field day. Cooper Cup and Robert Woods are easily can go for 100 each. Easily. This is going to be huge for, for fantasy owners that have uh, Stafford and, and Robert Woods and Cooper Cup. And even Jared, whatever he's he's gonna get some some really good touches too. Um, this this Lions team has just been such a disappointment. Um, so they've already had two heartbreakers uh, this season with the the Ravens and the Vikings losing nineteen to seventeen on game winning field goals. It, it sucks. I feel bad for Lions fans. Um, and then last week, Jared Goff just got eaten alive they couldn't get a run game going and joe burrow just threw all over them and joe mixon just bullied them yeah um i agree with everything you said for one this has got to be the matthew stafford revenge game i know like you said it's not in detroit which would have made things even more perfect but i'm predicting the same thing as you in this one it's going to be a stafford field day um, this Lions team has been a big disappointment. I, it's been really sad, really, for me to eat my words really all season. I, I think this is more so a year too early. 
for this Lions team. I, I do really like the way that they're going about building this team, but I have to kind of remember it is in a similar way that I talked about, you know, how I had a fundamental disagreement with the pick of Jamar Chase in, in the moment. And I've seen that it's paid off really, really well. It's the same kind of logic for this Lions team. You know, the draft pick of Penn Sewell wasn't going to win you many extra games this year. Um, and neither was the trade for golf or, you know, really anything that has happened for this team. And it's not their intentions. And I, I like where they're moving, but it's not going to pay off this season. And that's become really apparent. I think this is definitely a lock-in. Stafford's going to go off. And I'd even combine this with two other lock-ins that I have and what, and what I would call kind of the no-brainers really of the week. Um, I, I'd kind of also throw in the Cardinals versus the Texans who are, the Cardinals are the hottest team in football. The Texans are the coldest team in football. So I, I consider, I, or I would consider a Texans win here, probably one of the greatest wonders of the entire world. And then on the other hand, I also have another lock-in that's pretty easy uh, between the Patriots and the Jets. Um, this kind of goes back a little bit to that logic that Belichick always just owns rookie quarterbacks. And I mean, I have to give it to the, this Patriots team. I mean, they have really, really shown me something on the season, watching them hang in there and really fight with the Dallas Cowboys team that I have really enjoyed watching this season. As much as that pains me to say was really good for, you know, my kind of confidence surrounding this Patriots team. I mean, I, I will, not obviously back down from what I said about Mac Jones, but I have to at least admit he's looked well. He's by far played better or has been the best rookie quarterback this season. And I think that continues to roll versus the Jets team here that, you know, really has continued again to struggle to put together much um, consistency on the season. I will say I do have this game as a toss up, but it I am leaning more towards the Patriots running away with this game. If, uh, if Zach Wilson has, one or two very early turnovers. Um, but I, I agree with the the Cardinals over the Texans. That's going to be such an easy game um, for Arizona. It's it's really, in reality, it could be a rest game for them. I mean, at this point in the season, they've pretty much already locked in uh, a playoff spot, being 6-0, uh, unless Kyler Murray goes down with a freak injury. This this team genuinely might go fifteen and two. Like it's it's crazy to think. I thought this was gonna be the worst team in in the NFC West, and it's really coming to bite me. Like it's insane how overachieving this this defense has been. Not even the offense, because everyone knew the offense was gonna be pretty good, but this defense has been stellar it really really has and I almost kind of wonder if it was us that if did we just miss something because I mean now looking at it it's kind of easy to see I mean there is definitely a, you know some holes on this team um, outside they it's definitely I'd say a star carried defense I mean between Chandler Jones JJ Watt Buddha Baker um, I really liked what I've seen from Byron Murphy Jr. this year. He's really looked the part of a number one corner and, and has really fared well. I, I was interested to see how, you know, things would work with Patrick Peterson gone, um, you know, him being the man on the island with the number ones week in, week out. He's played really, really well, like what I've seen from him. And then you add in a, a middle linebacker like Isaiah Simmons who can just – 
you want to talk about just one of these freaks that man's the middle of a field like a Devin White, Devin Bush, uh, Roquan Smith, some of these young freaks, Deion Jones. I mean, I think Isaiah Simmons is right in that same category. A, a freak of nature talking about a six foot five guy moves like a running back almost can just fly around the field from sideline to sideline and make plays for you. I mean, I do think this defense is carried by their stars and, you know, they're getting good complimentary contributions elsewhere. I mean, maybe we, I mean, I, I will admit I was a little bit higher on them than you, but still I, I would have been, I would have been surprised if you told me they started six and oh and have looked as well as they have while doing it. Yeah. It's, it's been crazy. The, the growth of Kyler Murray, I mean, from mm-hmm. belittered toddler to MVP candidate, like, he has really grown us in that pat in this past off season to being one of the the best quarterbacks in the league. It's it's been insane. Uh, yeah, I there isn't much I can really say on the Cardinals because it's pretty much all been said. Like I, I I've been completely proved wrong. Yeah, I mean they have played absolutely fantastic. I have um. Let me see. Three more uh, lock-ins here. What about you? I only have one more. Um, I think this is a, a pretty big toss-up week. Um, my last one, I had the Buccaneers over the Bears. I mean, it's it's Tom Brady. Uh, I'm pretty sure they are traveling to Soldier Field. No, they're, they're staying in Tampa Bay. Justin Fields didn't have a good week last week. Um, it, he just got absolutely demolished by that Packers defense. Now, Khalil Herbert, our boy, um, juice had a, a really good game, uh, almost a hundred yards and touchdown with a five yard per carry average. But besides that, like outside of Khalil Mack and Roquan Smith, the Nedgy Jackson, that defense is, it's really lacking and it's, it's, really really worrying and you're going into arguably one of the best offensive lines in football protecting one one of the best quarterbacks in the game right now and arguably the greatest quarterback of all time with weapons on weapons on weapons and then I you can I don't even want to get started on the defense because I could talk about the Bucks defense for hours. That's how good they are. Yeah, uh, I, to me, I think this is really a kind of similar situation as to the reasoning behind the Packers and the Washington football team game. To me, um, it's really the same reason. You know, the, this Bears team, specifically players on this Bears team, namely Justin Fields, had expectations heading into this season. And, you know, there's going to be a lot of eyes on him. I will say, you know, he hasn't played to the level that I expect him to, but it is still very early. And I still expect that level of play. And even last week I said, I don't expect it here. This is going to be a really tough game for him. And ultimately I think, you know, just kind of learning by being thrown into the fire is going to help him at some point. Is it now? Absolutely not. Being thrown to the Bucs this weekend is almost damn near a death wish for Justin Fields, but it will help him in the long run. Uh, I don't think that they will get a win here. I think there's a slight chance that maybe this one could turn into an offensive shootout, 
But even that game script favors the Bucs. I don't think the Bears are going to win this week. Um, more like what you said, I think this is more so a runaway. Um, this Bears defense really gives me little reason to believe that they could even keep them in the game for relatively that long. I mean, this Buccaneers team is just too good. It's just an example of a better team taking on a young and experienced quarterback and a team that hasn't looked good this year. I think that's relatively easy to chalk up. Um, just going over my last two um, locks for the week, I'll get hit these ones quick. Um, I have the Chiefs over the Titans. The Titans did come away with a really impressive win on Monday night, but there was definitely – a sacrifice that had to happen to get that win. And the sacrifices were Caleb Farley and Taylor Wan. Um, they were both carted off the field. didn't look good. Uh, not Caleb Farley is done for the year. Unfortunately, another one of our boys from Virginia tech, wishing him a speedy recovery. Um, and I can't, cannot wait to see what he can finally do once we had to see him healthy at the NFL level. And Taylor Lewan is pro is definitely the leader of that offensive line for the Titans. And so with all of that coming into this game, the Chiefs have started to put together some better play. It looks like, you know, whether that defense is going to help them out or not, the offense is up to par to be able to get it done. And I just don't know. I, it's going to be, I mean, Derrick Henry is always hard to stop, but I'm not sure if he's going to be able to outrun Patrick Mahomes. I mean, that's a tough task. And then Finally, for my last lock-in, I have the Panthers over the Giants. I mean, both of these teams lost last time out. Obviously, my confidence meter is way lower for the Giants than it is for the Panthers. But I just really cannot predict. It's a real theme this week to me, I think, was the injuries. I cannot predict them to come out on top without their top three weapons offensively in, well, arguably, uh, between Kenny Galladay, Saquon Barkley, and the way Kadarius Tony had played for them and over the last – two or three weeks. I mean, he had really become one of their top targets. So I think without all of that, it's way too much pressure on Daniel Jones in this one. I think the Panthers will get through it. I, I do have both those games as toss-ups. Uh, you already mostly spoke on the Panthers and Giants one. Um, but the Chiefs do worry me a lot. Um, Patrick Mahomes has been making a lot of dumb mistakes. I mean, that uh, rollout where he was – about to get sacked and just threw the ball up and, and tossed up an interception. Like those aren't normal Patrick Mahomes plays. And that really worries me. And Derrick Henry single-handedly willed the Titans to a win over the Bills. Three touchdowns on his own. Ryan Tannehill did basically couldn't get anything going through the air really. I mean, he had 200 yards, but considering 100, almost 150 of those were to two guys and he didn't get in the end zone, it's, it's mind-boggling how much you have to rely on Derrick Henry. And that is going to eventually slow them down. Um, I don't think they get the win here this week, but Mahomes is really starting – I'm starting to have to question his decisions. No, I mean, that is very, very fair. I mean, it is something that probably needs to be talked about. I mean, obviously, you know, there deserves to be a fair amount of pressure on this Kansas City defense. If you've watched that defense be deployed at any point over the course of the season, you've probably seen bad football from them. I mean, it's been pretty much the course all season long. Gotten a little bit better 
here recently, but just, I mean, we're talking minutely. Um, but then when it comes down to Patrick Mahomes, I mean, he has not played perfect this season either. And a lot of time, I mean, it wasn't like this Kansas City defense was ever the carrying point of this team. They were just merely able to do enough. And that was for, you know, the last three or four years, uh, always enough. This year it has not been because, like what you said, Patrick Mahomes is uncharacteristically giving the ball away, something that cannot continue, especially if the defense is going to play like this. Something's going to have to give. One of the two is going to have to change. I think it's, you know, a lot more logical to assume that Patrick Mahomes can get back to not giving the football away. I am looking forward to seeing that. I mean, he's taking on the Titans team that is pretty decimated in the secondary, so things could get really scary. And I, I like the opportunity for him to get back on track, but still, we just need to see a mistake-free week. I do have to say this isn't completely football-related, but the whole Sean Taylor uh, retirement ceremony in Washington, uh, I wasn't a big fan of it, but Jackson Mahomes, uh, if y'all do not know, the little brother of Patrick, um, absolutely disgraceful what he did um, doing a, a TikTok dance on uh, the memorial uh, that was that was gated off. Yeah, I was um, going to say, wasn't it roped off? Yeah. it Absolutely despicable. Um, the Mahomes family taking pictures on it. Uh, the whole Washington – uh, front office just completely rushed the ceremony. Um, just a, a terrible way to honor uh, one of the the late greats to uh, play the game. Yeah, I mean, I didn't have the opportunity to, you know, see the way that the whole thing went down. Obviously, I did hear about the Jackson Mahomes thing, and I'm not usually one to, you know, want to touch on things like that, but I'm just going to say it for this one time. I would not hate Patrick Mahomes one bit if he pulled an Aaron Rodgers and just absolutely never talked to his family again. I mean, his, it just, it's such, I cannot imagine the distraction it must be. The publicity that his brother gets for the antics on the sideline. I mean, this is definitely not the first time I've heard about it. It definitely won't be probably the last time. And I mean, it's starting to become sad that it's even a talking point. I mean, you're not a football player. You're not a celebrity. You're not, Anything other than the what I'll say is the best quarterback in football is brother. I mean, play your part, sit on the sideline, and enjoy the game. I mean, no one is here for your your TikTok dance or anything. I'm sorry. Um, but off of that, onto my uh my only toss up left to go over. Um, I'm pretty sure you're probably gonna have this one here as well. Uh, the Dolphins over the Falcons. Um, wow, Miami, just wow. Uh. This team has been a complete and utter disappointment um, from the expectations coming into this into this season. Uh, thinking they were going to easily be a playoff team, and now they're one in five and lost to a team that lost twenty games in a row. Yeah, not a good look. Um, but this this Falcons team is just on a completely <laughs> another level of of bad. Yeah. I, I mean. It's really the same story for me as well. I mean, this Dolphins team has offered so little reason for confidence, hope, anything. But I will say there was one glimmer of hope last week. And it was the fact that Tua played well. I, I mean, I granted, I will say it was a bad interception that sunk the game. Yeah. But I mean, for the first time, 
outside of that, it was a good game. And I mean, it's baby steps with Tua at this point, from my perspective, at least, because I mean, I have really everything I've seen has brought my confidence down from him. So to see him have at least a performance like that, I'm willing to throw out that it was the Jaguars was a little bit of a relief. I mean, it's like, okay, he actually knows what to do. I mean, I don't know if it was in his head or what was going on, but it was just, it had been nothing really good that I had seen from him. And here he, he's going to get another kind of a chance versus a team that is that bad. I don't expect them to, to fall twice in a row like that. I think, you know, like you, they come out here versus the Falcons. Um, well, I'll let you get in your, your last two toss-ups that uh, for the week. Yeah, so I do have two more toss-ups, um, uh, first of which is the Eagles taking on the Raiders. Now, I insert, you know, the weekly, here comes the Ian Eagles bias. Um, but I really do – think that this could be a toss-up I I finally got to the point where I was willing to admit um you know I think the Bengals are legit and I, I'll say it if the Raiders come out and, and really beat the Eagles this week I, that will be enough to to really shift the narrative for this team for me but I I cannot see how this level of play can really continue uh, at least you know just logically thinking through it I mean losing a head coach is, is always something that's going to be hard I mean, hearing Raider players talk about just kind of the scene, it sounds like it's going to be a drastic shift. I mean, I heard a quote from Josh Jacobs that said, you know, I almost was kind of looking around like, man, it's too quiet in here. And and I wonder how that affects a team that's playing well. Now, granted, they are hyped and motivated. Um, Like I said, they are playing well. But I'm just going to have to kind of continue to see it. I mean, Derek Carr has played fantastic. And the chemistry between both him and Waller, both Waller and Ruggs is extremely fun to watch. I mean, Ruggs breakout last week it shows how dynamic he is. And I, I'll be honest, it's got me scared as an Eagles fan. I, I can easily imagine us getting burned a couple times by Ruggs this week. But I'm just not sure how that defense continues to play as well. Uh, you know, and additionally, if a few big plays can be taken away, like I said, from those, you know, maybe a couple incompletions Ruggs way, um, I think that this offense may struggle a little bit to just consistently move the chains and for an Eagles offense that you really don't know what you're going to get week in and week out I think it's safe to say under these circumstances why this could be a toss-up um to my oh, wait, oh I got I, one more and then right. let you rebuttal but um my final toss-up is the Saints versus the Seahawks um this one really boils down to something that is totally not even related to this game but if you follow the Seahawks news over this week, they are seem to be one of the main teams kicking the tires on Cam Newton. He's got vaccinated he, and he's been in contact with Seattle. I would not be surprised if there was a, a move made to sign Cam Newton. And I think that signals enough to show that, I mean, this team isn't throwing in the flag. They know they're going to be without Russell Wilson for a while, but they can, they intend to be as competitive as, as possible. And while that, you know, teams always say that's the case. It's really not. And you can tell when it's not. Um, this is a situation where obviously the Seahawks know that they're playing in a dogfight of a division, are going to have to do everything within their power and have no time to waste. Now, this week they won't have Newton unless, I mean, something absolutely insane happens between Thursday and Sunday. But I do think that just that signal is enough to show that the Seahawks are going to be competitive. You know, yes, they're down a lot of players. Chris Carson's out. Russell Wilson is out. But 
if there's a team that I could just see playing good for no reason, it would be this Seahawks team. And also the Saints team has played really inconsistent. They're coming off a bye week last week. I didn't get to see anything from them. I, I still am not really sure what to make of some of those early season inconsistencies. I, I'll say this is a, a toss-up, leaning towards Saints, but ultimately ultimately a toss-up for me. Um, I actually, I have both those games as, as upsets. I have the Eagles. This is the first time I'm, I'm actually going to roll with Philly this season. Um, oh. I think I think Jalen Hurts played well last week against uh, the Bucks. Uh, that's the first really good game I've seen out of him. Um, yes, he didn't have the yards, but he looked composed. Um, I I think this game was better than that Chiefs game where he had a whole bunch of yards because this game was so much closer. He had two touchdowns on the ground. That defense really looked good against a high-powered Tampa Bay offense. And if they can get one or two dumb mistakes out of Derek Carr, they could walk away with this. Absolutely. And real quick, I hate to butt in real real quick, but just to add on with what you said about Jalen Hurts, I'm so glad that you said that because even, you know, though he's had some really good performances in just, I think it's been around 10 games at this point in his career, the sample size we've seen, that Bucks game was the first time where I felt like I saw Jalen Hurts turn a corner. Um, there was one point in the game where I thought he was visibly down for the first time that I'd ever seen him. Because, I mean, Jalen Hurts, the one thing I've always really loved about him is the kind of energy he brings to a team. I mean, he is a truly – he was born to lead, I will say that. I mean, he just seems like the kind of guy that can really just rally a room. And to see him get down for the first time last week really shocked me, but he immediately bounced back. And I think that, that that's what I mean by kind of turning a corner. I think he finally saw some of the lows. I mean, the, the play hasn't always been great from Jalen, but I don't think he ever experienced some lows like he did in that Bucks game. And to watch him bounce back and really put together a good game, start to finish and bounce back in the middle of it, like I said, it really showed me something about Jalen Hurts, and I really appreciated that more than any fantastic throw or, you know, uh, pulling the ball down and escaping for 30 yards and a touchdown. I mean, it was better than any of those things that I'd seen from Jalen. Yeah, definitely a, a good performance out of him. And then, um, like you said, like the, the Derek Carr uh, has been playing really well, but like I said, if they can get one or two mistakes out of him, uh, if they can hold Josh Jacob. They, they could pull out a win. Um, and then for the Seahawks game, they almost upset the Steelers with uh, with Geno Smith starting at quarterback and Alex Collins as their, uh, their starting back. Uh, sadly, Chris Carson is put on IR for the year, uh, which really sucks. Uh, Rashad Penny has also been put on IR. But, like, I don't trust Jameis Winston to continue to play uh well i i just i i don't know he he's a he's a real wild card uh the seahawks defense looked good last week they could have had the win if jamar chase or not uh jamal adams had hands and could catch an interception but like i with russell wilson going down i thought this team would for sure be down and out uh playing for a top pick but they're they're staying competitive, and I'm I'm really really happy with that. 
Um, but on top of the Seahawks, um, praying for Darryl Taylor. That was a, an absolute nasty, nasty hit he had. Um, and another thing I want to talk about that's not completely football related, um, Steelers fans, y'all are despicable uh, doing a wave while Darryl Taylor is having a cart pulled out to him. Just terrible. Absolutely terrible. Yeah, I did not see that. Um, but I that's despicable. I mean, I you you never ever hope for an injury. No matter I don't care who you're playing. I mean, I am probably the biggest Cowboys hater, or one of the biggest, I would say, which may be hard to believe with how much I've you talked them up this season, I would never hope for an injury to any of those guys. I remember I vehemently hated Dak Prescott at one point because of the debates around him and Carson Wentz, who was better. When he got hurt last year, I mean, it broke my heart. It really – I don't want to see any of the young good players in this league ever miss time. No matter who you play for, it's always a bummer. Yeah, so Steelers fans, if, if you're in that crowd doing the wave – you, you should be ashamed of yourself. Um, I know all Steelers fans are like that, but there are, are quite a few who just should check themselves. Yeah. Um, but on to the last upset, and both of us have them here. Um, I have the Colts beating the 49ers. Indiana, granted, it was, it was the Texans. Jonathan Taylor looked phenomenal. Yeah. Carson Wentz, when he has time in the pocket, he is a good quarterback, and he showed that last week. Um, Michael Pittman uh, is looking like a good receiver. Uh, T.Y. Hilton still somehow able to run on the field, uh, <laughs> even though it seems like he's been in the league for God knows how many years. Um. I, I still don't know how to feel about Trey Lance uh, for the 49ers. They did have a bye last week, so they're coming back rested. I just he, – he has so much potential, but so much bust potential as well. Um, he looked good in his first start against Arizona, um, but – I, I don't know. It's it's a, a real toss-up. And if Indianapolis can keep rolling the way they did last week and Jonathan Taylor can can keep up what he's been doing and, and this defense playing well, then I, I see them getting the upset. Yeah, I mean, I you said it to start it off. I mean, we both have this as our last game. And I have the Colts upsetting the 49ers as well. I will preface it with a little bit to just say that this I always do this when a team has a bye week and I don't get to see them that last Sunday, it kind of almost makes me forget about them a little bit. And I think that may happen, may have happened with both the saints and the 49ers, but either way, there are some 49ers issues that give me pause either way. I mean, for one, like you said, Trey Lance, there is boom and bust potential there. I mean, I don't think I'm willing to say he played pretty well versus the Cardinals, but it wasn't enough at all to make, to instill a lot of confidence in me. They are also still being led by Elijah Mitchell, 
who is not their starting running back, was not supposed to be their starting running back, was not drafted as the first running back they took in the draft. So I like what he did opening week. We haven't seen anything from him since. What is he going to be able to give them? Is going to be a big question because we know how important the run game is to that 49ers team. The secondary for them is super, super banged up as well. Gives me a lot of questions regarding how they're going to be able to stop this Colts team that has Carson Wentz, who really starts or started to find some familiarity last week. I mean, you can tell this is an offense he's been in, but you could also tell that he wasn't comfortable with the with the pieces that he was surrounded with. And I think he started to finally, like I said, get that familiarity, some of that chemistry. Like you said, Michael Pittman's looked good. Mo Ali Cox has been a really comfortable tight end option that he's had all season. Paris Campbell has had moments. And like you said, Micah Pittman and Zach Pascal, both are young, talented receivers who flash, you know, every couple of weeks or so. And we're just kind of waiting for them to put it together on a consistent basis. All of that and the fact that Jonathan Taylor, like you said, really broke out last week. It makes me feel like this Colts team is starting to figure out something. They did lose Julian Blackman last week, who is one of their better defensive players um, for the year, which, uh, you know, I'm going to have to wait and see how that hurts. But it's kind of hard to me imagine this Colts defense being but so bad. They usually are always pretty stout. So with that being the case, I'm willing to lean the Colts here, even though the 49ers are coming off a bye week. Yep. Uh, but that wraps up this week's predictions. Um, I hope you all enjoyed. Uh, we're already almost halfway through the NFL season. Um, two more weeks until the trade deadline, and then we'll officially be halfway through uh it's there have been some some really interesting storylines teams that have been shocking everyone uh and then teams that have been not living up to expectations uh, uh but that's how things go in the nfl um it's 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 a crazy world out there yeah, I mean, that's why we actually play the games. I mean, I know that's probably something that if you've listened to the podcast for a while, you've heard me say a lot of times. It's one of my favorite sayings. I mean, if we just went off of what was supposed to happen, we wouldn't play games. I mean, that's the whole point. That's why they actually take the field and we figure out who the winner is because nothing is ever guaranteed. That's why it's so fun for me and Jason to get on here and try and walk you guys through our predictions for the week because it's such a fun exercise to do it kind of helps us keep up with the season all of us together I mean with our confidence I think is a great way to kind of measure how we feel about teams across the league because I mean it is hard I mean you look if you're a fan of a team you only probably watch that team play every Sunday you don't know what really happens across the league which is why you can always stop by here and catch up with the whole last week of football or basketball which just kicked off yesterday. It's going to be here all season long. Yep. Uh, but with that, I hope y'all enjoyed. I have, of course, been your host, Jason Michener, joined alongside Ian Hatcher. We'll see y'all next time. <laughs>